I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. I thought offensively we did a lot of good things, positive things, but we couldn't get stops. On the other end, uh, they made some big shots when they had to. Um... Again, you know, I thought they played really well. Uh, I think their last three games is the team they are. They got rid of a guy that wouldn't pass the ball to anybody and just shot it every time, and that's why they're good now. They got a really good point guard, and he's getting people the ball, and McClung's settled into his position where he gets his shots and makes them. He's going to make his shots if he gets them. They got good inside guys. They got good shooters. I think they got a really good team. I think by far this is the, the best team we've seen from Georgetown that I've seen in the last few years. Joe is close. He's getting more comfortable out there. Um, he just needs a little time. We, you know, they're freshman, sophomore. They got they got a lot to learn, but they're. I think they're getting better. I think we're getting better, um, but uh, we've got to get some more out inside. Marek's really playing good right now, but we've got to get some more out of Barama inside. Uh, uh, really on both ends. They're leaving him, and he's got to be able to take advantage of that. We had 14 threes. So, I mean, you know, threes weren't the difference. We just couldn't stop them. The big kid's tough inside. You know, you can you don't isolate it that way, but our center scored two points, and their center scored 19. So, you know, we got to get something out of that position. I think at last year we went in the conference season with five losses, Mike. I don't remember. Was it five? I think it was. I think so. Something like that. And the teams we lost to this year are a lot better than the teams we lost to last year. So we're not in a great position, but we're not in as bad a position as everybody thinks we're in. We did try to overcome a few calls. If you remember the first half, there was more than one. We had three blocks called, and my guy's block is, weighs 172 pounds. So I don't know how he's blocking anybody, but... Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it to the universal handle for the socials. It is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the first Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. Listen, uh, the Orange lose to the much-hated Hoyas, 89-79 at the Capital One Arena in D.C. And uh, they will play, uh, looking for a bounce-back game. Well, you might have one against the Oakland Golden Grizzlies this Wednesday. 
at 8 o'clock, we will let you know what we think about that. Look, hmm. rate, review, and subscribe to whatever platform you listen on. And if you rate and review on iTunes, who knows? Maybe, poof, something will land in your mailbox someday. It's possible. I'm just saying. Uh, you can try that out. Uh, we appreciate it to everybody who has already done so. Uh, Joe's late with the with popping the top. That's fine. Okay. Off cue. I forgot to turn my mic on at the beginning. I really wish that people at post-game press conferences who set up microphones could stop feedback and whatnot going on. It's really an- annoying listening to a... Um, you know, these press conferences are probably set up by, you know, people who are technical technically savvy at the very least right you'd think they'd have it to where there wasn't a ton of feedback coming through the mic or some kind of um control on the volume of things it's it's like every no matter where it comes from or who's doing the press conference it's always hard to listen to so anyways um look we are gonna get started and um <laughs> let's just do it because we don't have any time to waste. Nope. Pack, pack show, pack show, pack show. Uh, look, if you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first. Chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, as if it matters. What time of day? On a full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR and try it for free. Just pay the $5 shipping. BlueChew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for their sponsorship. And also, they do not promise any guaranteed results and nowhere do they claim that they cure disease which would be absurd for you to think to begin with so yep. anyway i can't say it enough hey it's on there i gotta say it i don't say it all right so look um the orange fall to five and five we're, we're at 500 again one and one acc and uh the one thing they went down and um they looked fabulous as they lost by the way, in the scripted jerseys. It's my favorite. I think it's the overwhelming fan favorite, the scripted jersey. Uh, they held their own through much of the first half. Dolzai, he played great on both sides of the ball. Uh, he got hosed by some calls. It seemed like every bad call, Dolzai was on one side of it. Um, there was one in particular after a huge three was drained. It was waved off by a questionable legal screen by Dolzai. That resulted after that a 12-2 run by Georgetown to finish up the half. Buddy Bayheim with zero points in the first, finished with 25. 25 points scored in the second half. Just phenomenal. Imagine if he would have got it going a little bit earlier. Uh, he ended up actually as the Syracuse's um, leading scorer in the game. Hughes followed him up with 21. He had 18 
in the first half and uh, just kind of uh, dried up after that. So him mm. and him and Buddy switch roles, I guess, which is unfortunate because if you get both one of them going in both halves, you might have something. Uh, Gerard, uh, he he finished with 16. Q shot better than I thought actually when I looked at the box score. As a team, they shot 48.4 percent uh, from the field. They hit 14 to 32 from distance. The bad though, uh, losing on the bed all the boards, 41 to 29. And the dagger, in my opinion, they shot only nine free throws, hitting only five in Georgetown on their free throws went 24 for 31 i contend that that was the biggest disparity in the game now you can make an argument but that's mine uh and Mm. it's it's uh it's a three-headed monster in a way joe if you look at uh georgetown did the things they needed to do to get to the line um no question syracuse could have done better on the inside when they were on offense to get to the line the officiating not great. So those are the three things that contributed to all of that. Um, was it the only problem? No. I mean, the, we, we mentioned negative uh, 12 on the boards, I think, yep. resulting in 16. 16- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Second chance points for Georgetown and four for Syracuse. So right there, negative 12 on second, second chance points as well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Joe, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And it's not any one thing. And I, I'm just looking around social media and I'm like, if it wasn't for doing this show, I would get off cue social media. I, I really would, I, which means I'd be off social media because it's the only reason I'm still. On, it's the only <laughs> yeah. reason I go on, right? Right. Pretty so, much, yeah. And and it's and it's like, you know, one guy says something. And I'm not talking about my case. I'm just talking about things I read through threads and things like that. Um, one guy will say something, and another guy will be like, "No, that's not why. This is why." And I'm reading all of these, and 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 there's three guys with three different opinions, and they're all arguing. And I'm like, you guys, I just want to be like. Take a step back. All three of those things contributed to this loss. You right. can't you can't point to one thing. You could point to something you think might be the biggest issue, or or yeah. you know the. Well, everyone wants to be right, right? I so know. At the I end know, of the day, there's most of the time that's it's a bunch of little things of why these things happen, not just one 
main thing. <clears throat> you know, uh, there's just a whole bunch of people that go back to what losing Bernie Fine, right? And our big men haven't been good since then, or we haven't been able to 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 make or you know coach up good big men since then. And then once Hopkins left, and then recruiting, you know, and then some people blame it on the two three zone, or they blame Bayheim because they haven't recruited, or we should play man and. I don't know. We should play this person. There's really not one. It's probably all of those things or, you know, a couple of few. But at the end of the day, we just have problems down low with good big men. It's just it's just our problem. Like we have a problem with uh, being able to score and being able to get rebounds around the, the rim with pretty much athletes that are higher, taller than six, six. I mean, we usually always have those guys, whether it's decent centers or whether they're the, the wing guys, you know, the the Chris Josephs, the Jeremy Grants, the CJ Fairs. We've always had those guys Chris, that can, yeah. you know, that can wreak havoc. Wes Johnson, you just always wreak havoc around the way. And there's those athletic forward, those taller forwards. Um, so we just we just don't have that. And I think that there's a lot of people that thought Gary Air was going to be that. And I think he will. It's just, but I think he eventually he will. Again, we do have to grow. But when you look at the numbers of this game and you look at the way that it went, uh, obviously, everyone's just going to look at I mean, the fouls really when it comes down to it. Uh, all of the numbers are pretty much right there. I mean, it was a pretty clean game. There wasn't a lot of turnovers. There wasn't a lot of blocks or steals or anything crazy like that. Um, and. The only real crazy discrepancy when you look at it is the fouls and the free throws. And you, we lost by 10 and got outscored by 19 free throws. So that's really what it comes down to. Now, whether or not, like you said, I mean, whether or not they're legit calls or not, or if it was home cooking or what was going on, I don't know. I think there was a little bit of everything. Like I said, three-headed monster. Georgetown did do the things they needed to do down low to get the calls. They did. There were some horrendous calls, though. The the one where McClung lowered his shoulder into Dolezal and put it right into the bottom of his chest. Yeah. I mean, you're calling a block yeah. on that. I mean... I mean, right. that's and just I mean, blatant, dude. That's blatant. That right. result, and that, the call was so bad, I don't know what happened. No one has even reported on what happened for uh, the, the technical on, on coach. I heard it was coach. I don't even know. I, I That's what the broadcaster said. Yeah, they don't even know. It, coach said something about, like, John Boljak stood up or something, like, on the bench, but they don't they don't really know. It's, so they should, they should clarify. If there's a technical being called, that needs to be clarified. Yeah, like to people watching, and the coach should know when he goes to his press conference exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. Just, just it's like very the, frustrating. yeah, well, it's very frustrating, especially when you see certain calls made with certain people. But then you know when Dolce was taken into the rim early in the game, and he yeah, made a couple was, shots around there. There's a couple and ones. Uh, I mean, Elijah Hughes plainly, plainly got clearly got fouled. I mean, granted, he made the three, but he got fouled. So I mean, you get a couple extra fouls on McClung instead of the other way around. And then who knows what happens? You know, McClung, he's, they sparked that run to, I mean, we were down four and all of a sudden it got to like seven or eight because of that little, you know, technical foul, everything. And, and it was all just because of probably it should have been a charge on him. So it should have went the other way, but instead it was like a four, three or four point swing. Again, we did come back and we tied it, took the lead or whatever um, after that, but still, it, it just came to the fact of it just seemed like we couldn't really get in a good, like we couldn't get a, a whole bunch of uh, possessions in a row where we were 
getting buckets because it just seemed like we were... Their scoring drought from the field was really nullified by free throws. Right. They were making a big deal about it. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like we were playing great D, but they were calling fouls all over the place and they were going to the line. I mean, they were one and one really, really early. And um, realistically, it could have been worse because it looked like we were starting to get the little makeup ticky tack calls at the end. Yeah. Uh, When it really didn't matter. So, um, I I mean, (laughs) and with all of that said, they still had nine more fouls than us. So what do you, uh, what do you, what do you make of while we're on the, while we're on it? What, what do you make of the, the, uh, the other block charge or no, the moving, the screen, the moving screen on Dollar's eye after Hughes hit that three. I mean, ticky tack, man. I mean, you could say he moved, but you see that all the time. Show me, show me one guy that does not move his body a little bit or something or hip or whatever. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be, you know, choosy with your with your calls because if you're gonna call them that tight, you gotta call them that tight all game. Right, it's just gonna right, be a boring right, right. game, bunch yep. of free throws. Yep. But you also have to control the game and make it to where guys aren't out there killing each other because they're not calling anything, you know. So uh, that's when stuff gets out of control. But uh, yeah, I just didn't see that there, there's a lot of our, our fouls that just didn't look that egregious. I mean, I thought again, Gungirier came in, I thought his screen that, okay. Yeah, that was a foul. The one they called on Yurtsevin later on. Yeah, that was a foul. But I mean, the one on Dolzhai was, was very, you know, if you, if, you, <laughs> if you're calling that, then you got to call a lot of things that they didn't call. Yeah. Um, and that's my point. Georgetown was yeah. being physical down low and they, you know, Gary yeah. comes in and he came in and got physical pretty much is doing the same thing. The other guys are doing and he got called. So uh, I thought there was another one. Sidibi, he went straight up, even though he jumped, he went straight up, which he rarely does. I mean, I'll be honest when he doesn't and he did. And I mean, there was just a lot of things that just should not have been called um, that were, so, yeah. And uh, again, it, again, I don't want to blame the refs, but that's just like you said. Even when you go on a defensive like stint that we did, where we held them to you know scoreless, no free field goals, and what was it like five, six, seven minutes or something? But yeah, they were still hitting free throws. <laughs> they were still going to the line, so it wasn't yeah. like they weren't scoring. So it's it's frustrating, and it just seemed I, like every time we got within seven, eight points, they hit a big three, and I don't know. It just wasn't in the cards yesterday. No, it wasn't. And you could see, you could just see the the way the trend was going with with us getting it within like five, I think down to maybe four even at one time, and then it'd be boom, back up to seven. You know, big play, uh, th- uh, like you said, hitting a three. And it was funny, my brother-in-law and you texted me almost like it was 30 seconds apart. Where <laughs> you both yeah. texted me almost, I screenshotted it to you, almost texted me verbatim. Every yeah. time we get it down to single digits... They hit a three, and, yep. and it, it is, I mean, every time, every time. So and some of those threes were kind of. I mean, they they shot good for again. I mean, they shot good against S, SMU too in the game that they won. So with the seven deep, they they have a strong seven deep, and you can tell that they definitely play. They play clean, uh, and honestly, considering you know the the senior leadership and some of the guys that they got um, that have been around and played the zone and stuff. Uh, I thought that our guys handled themselves pretty well as far as uh, being able to stay in that game and at least be in striking distance. Um, you know, we didn't get help with the uh, with the zebras, but um, we were we were still there, still trying to fight back. Uh, 
you know, it sucked that you saw Elijah Hughes put so much into that first half that he kind of disappeared, but he came in and then he picked up the slack. So I think we had 25 point main- half. That's freaking yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, if, if they want to split it like that, then that's fine, but we still need help from others. So yeah, yeah that's, that's just where I'm at with that. And, and, I just- and you know, it was a poorly officiated game. Uh, and like I said, you know, we just didn't get to the line enough. I, I, I don't think any game, if you're calling it fair, is that has that big of a gap between free throw attempts? I'm not even talking about makes. It doesn't even matter. Attempts. Right. I think there's an issue there. Like it, I, I highly doubt that any game would get like that. With if you if you call it in the same on both sides of the ball. Now, well, you uh, know what though. At the same time, just to kind of play, you know, your devil's advocate or whatever. That is what happens when you do make jump shots. I mean, we can look at some of the calls that got called on us and said, yeah, that's kind of whatever. But when you're not taking it to the hole and trying to create that, 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 um, that contact, then you're not going to really get the fouls. So Uh, that was my point. A lot of times. Yeah. They didn't, they just didn't drive the lane, but there was the three jump shots or they weren't even some of them were putbacks that Dolezal was like three for three to start. At least two, two of those could have been in ones. Yes, when he when he was doing that, yes, hundred percent. But other than that, I mean, you had the couple times that Gerard and Buddy would drive, and I think they both got called for push-offs. And, yes, they each got one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we just weren't going to the hole trying to get fouled. So again, um, that's something that I would like to see. Gerard, Gerard has this this problem where he dribbles into the middle and then dribbles back out. Like he's just got to go. Sometimes he just has to commit. Well, yeah, he's got to commit, but he's got to commit sometimes. Okay, sometimes you got to go in committing, knowing that hey, you know, maybe this guy's got the upper hand, this, this, and that. But I can play smart and I can drive, get down there. I know that my strength is free throws, and if I can get this guy to follow me and get him in foul trouble, then he's gonna have to back off. So yeah, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's kind of got to be. I think he's got to look at it more mental. Obviously, he's not going to be able to physically just go past these people like high school. He's going to have to beat them with their mind and then be able to make those shots and be able to get the spots where he wants to be able to get to. Uh, and that's, again, just, that just comes with experience, but with the way that he shoots free throws, uh, that's what he should be looking to do all the time. Um, yeah, but again, absolutely. there is going to be a foul disparity when you are a mainly, you know, jump shooting team. And then, you know, you don't got a lot of second chance opportunities off of offensive rebounds and, fast breaks or anything like that. So there's, unless we're getting fouled on a shot, on a jump shot, you know, right, so right, there, right. there is a reason for disparity, but the 31 to nine on the free throws is, is tough to see. Yeah. And it, it totally fair. And I get, I get all those points now to avoid being um, called hacks and, and blaming the refs or the free throws or this or that, the other uh, Mosley was left open constantly. He, and, and I thought he, I thought he had more, than four threes in the game, but he was in the corner just just camping out. No, every single it, every single one that he hit was the one to push it from eight to eleven yeah, or nine. And they to were 12. all in the corner. He was he was the yeah. guy that was hitting the timely ones. Yeah, yeah. four four of six from three. Uh, he ended up with uh, sixteen points, and um, just he's he's a dagger man. And they just refused to. He, a lot of those were really pretty open. I know some of them were almost contested. You know, maybe a hand flying, but they were really reaching to get there. He was left with that shot quite a bit. And you had you know you had three orange men on the ball inside the paint sometimes where they were just they were just you know obviously there's gonna be people open. So there's that. Right. The press is awful, Joe. You've made this point before they scored at least six points off of easy buckets on, on, on a press and 
<clears throat> I don't know what the alternative is to that other than just working on it and getting it better, but it's just not good. It's like last year's press brought us back in games, man. We won games last year with the press and uh, yep. because of the press. It'd be credited to the press this year. It is just, it is just not good. It's not good. Nope. So, um, to be fair, it's just not working. It's not working. So anyway, um, anything else to uh, cap? And by the way, I, I, no one hates Georgetown more than me. I mean, you might tie me, but I, I freaking hate Georgetown. Yeah, I hate Georgetown. It sucked. I was so pissed. I was so pissed yesterday. It ruined my afternoon. It was freaking awful, and it was. No. I know, it's Joe. You see, know, Joe, hold, on, hold, on, hold 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 on. Joe and I look at games totally different. That's what makes some of this good, because I'm way more emotional than Joe about games. Because I'm, I'm more of like the, uh, the emotional fan, and Joe's more of a thinking fan. And I have no problem saying that. That's why the show works because, um, the roles we play on the show. But, uh. I, I'm sorry, man. I get I get upset, dude. I get emotional. I get freaking pissed. I was so pissed. It's and I've gotten better as I gotten older. But I, I mean, look, it sucks losing to Georgetown and seeing Patrick Ewing all smiles. Oh my gosh, there's nothing worse than that. There really isn't, you know. And him hyping the crowd up at the end. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, like again, we just we look at it differently. But that team's not bad, and that team. No, I told you they were good. I said I, I knew this was not going to be an easy game. I've said no, it, but the way that Beheim talked about it and stuff was more or less that they kind of got rid of some bad apples, and uh, especially, especially it seems like Akinja. You buy Akinja that or whatever? Akinja. Um, I mean, after seeing, I mean, they lost two games and then they came back and they've won three straight against pretty good teams without those guys. Um, and again, coach, this said, is coach just, said he lost those two games for him cause he's a selfish player. Yeah. And again, he's a you savage, saw, by the way, you saw that, the, that, what's that? That's a savage move during a press conference by coach. Oh yeah. I mean, does it surprise you? <laughs> Not at I'm all. That's saying. why I love him. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's yeah. And again, I mean, you saw, the point guard there, um, the trans—he's the transfer from Central Florida. His name is escaping me, but um, he was taking care of the ball very, very well. And now, you know, it's coming to Allen. It's gonna, yeah, and he's gonna be his team. And then you see again when you talk about Jagan Mosley. Oh. Uh, go ahead. I mean, go on. that guy. I mean, if I just looked at his stats for for the season. He's eleven to eighteen from the three point line. That's crazy, and he hit four. So it's not like us. he's huck, So it's not like he's hucking him up. The last two games, he's. That basically, I think he's what six for eight. So again, this is another guy that was didn't really have a huge role. Now it's time for him to step up, and now it's his role. So this team is probably only going to get better. They play very unselfish, and they they're um, a senior laden team. So hopefully the depth won't kill them. Um, but I mean, that that team, hopefully, as much as I'd say, you know, people don't want to cheer for Georgetown, and I know you said you ruined your day, you hate Georgetown, but. Uh, my afternoon. We don't, we don't want it to evening. look like a bad loss, so we need right. them to be able to be in, in somewhat kind of bubble type team. Right now, we mentioned Allen. Allen was the one that was uh, that was that was um, attempted to be tripped by Jalen Carey. Got to touch on this real quick, super quick. Um, uh. um, a bad look for Jalen Carey. I 
I didn't think it was that egregious, but I think the I think the officials, to give them credit, did the right thing by by just getting Carey off the bench so that there would be no escalation there. Now, um, if I would have known the first time what was going on and what to look for, I maybe would have rewound it. I Beheim, um, not coach, uh, Buddy had said that you know he felt that he got that Allen tried to trip him first, and um, he actually landed in the Syracuse bench, mm. and then when he was getting up to walk back, and Buddy hit that three. It was he was trying to contest Buddy's three, and he got up after that three was made and started to walk back on the court, and you could see Jalen Carey's foot come out. Now, look, um, I don't really care. I don't really care. I think it's a bad look, obviously. I think it's really bad, but, um, you know, whatever. Some, sometimes that sometimes that stuff is sometimes that you do things like that and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But it's just right there. Let's be honest. It's sometimes it's just too hard to contain yourself. And but I mean, look, it's a it's bad. I'm Joe. I'm not. I'm not. I am no way condoning it. I'm not. I'm just saying. I've seen like things like, oh, he needs to get kicked off the team and this and that. He's not playing. What? Who? Who? Whatever. The NCAA well, yeah, wants which to makes do... even, which makes it even worse. Like he's on. He's supposed to be on the bench as more of like a leader type, help the team. And if you're hurting the team and you're got to worry about stuff like that, then again, I mean, that's hard to defend. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, oh, oh, I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't care. That's not defending it. That's just telling you I, I, whatever. Because realistically, I feel like we probably could have got a technical on that. Uh, I mean, we they probably, probably could have got points and stuff. I mean, I was surprised that he just got thrown out and then that was it. We probably could have. It's nothing as egregious as what um, I've seen Grayson Allen do. And he hasn't, you know, sometimes he doesn't, he gets, how many times has he been ejected? And that's on on the court activity. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. It's not a good look. I don't care. I wouldn't have done it. Maybe I would have. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not condoning it. I wish it wouldn't have happened. But, um, Whatever. (laughs) That's where I stand. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him on the bench here for a little while. But I wouldn't be surprised either. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. I don't think it. I don't well, think it. Not is. Obviously, it doesn't matter what's on the court. But if he's going to chance giving the other team points or bringing a negative. Yeah, yeah. You definitely chance. He definitely chanced. Well, he obviously the look, and he, he you know, he could have went. He could have sent someone to the free throw line, not even playing in the game. So, I mean, it's just not a good look. Period. I mean, that could end up on Sports Center. Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. It's not good. So, anyway. No. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, we are going to do some fan feedback, but before we do that, I want to tell you, folks, about. My bookie, my bookie, longtime sponsor of this show, okay? Uh, past, present, and future my bookie players. This is for you. If you have bet with my bookie uh, in the past or any other sports book, you know what to expect. Go to my bookie. I got a promo code for you to use. And uh, for all of those who have not tried online betting before, 
Go ahead, research it. Make sure it's right for you. It doesn't matter, though, whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all that come to play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient. Customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, You'll still have one last shot to take advantage of the incredible sign-up offer. This incredible sign-up offer has been going on much too long. Do not expect it to last much longer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code CHAIR. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. Let me repeat. Join today at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code CHAIR and they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, MyBookie. So, um, I am going to, I'm going to, we're going to do some of these, um, some of this fan feedback stuff, but um, some of it was a little repetitive. So, I just chose things that were kind of, um, you were all acting like me, all emotional. Like unique. Do we have some unique ones out there? We got Other a couple. We got a couple. Whining about the refs. Yeah, well, we got a couple. We, our coaches can't recruit big men, and well, there's a little bit of that. I think we'll see. It's tough. I get no help with this, folks. It is all me. Joe, he just shows up. This guy shows up, and not he doesn't even show up on time. This guy. This no. guy. <laughs> this guy is late to it. everything. <laughs> I hear it. This guy's late to everything. Look, if I knew what the fan feedbacks were, then it would take away from it. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, y'all know how this works. Go to our socials at Keith Militia, Facebook, and Twitter. At the end of every game, I ask for your thoughts. That prompts you to leave them in the comment section. Do so, and you can get on the show. Not that it's a big deal, but. We appreciate it, right? Right. So yeah, I do. Yes. Um. Oh man, I covered up this guy's handle, and that's uh, I shouldn't do that. All right. <laughs> Look at Nick Goodman, eighteen. Teams genuinely just not good. No inside presence defensively or or offensively. Relies on threes. Zero defensive effort in the zone. I feel like, honestly, our offensive performance was really good. I thought it was really good. I mean, you look at the box score, and you got 48.4% from the field. And 43, if we get that from three, 43.8 from three, if we get that every game, I mean, you're winning games with that. Yeah. So, um, defensively, left it got a lot of guys open. I mean, um, you know, and obviously, you can't rely on threes. There was a point in the game, though, Joe, where I'm like, Oh my gosh, stop shooting threes. You need to do something else. Like you're wasting you're wasting offensive possessions. It's killing me, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, again, that's where you come from uh, that kind of stuff. Georgetown, they were they were passing the ball around. They were taking threes, but in between there, they were taking the ball to the hoop and trying to get to the free throw line and they were getting offensive rebounds and getting putbacks or getting fouled and go to the free throw line. So, um that's just the part of the game that we just lack right now. Again, Doljai in the first half, he made some plays when he got it, <clears throat> the ball there. Um, but we definitely left a lot out there as far as things we could have done. But again, as, as far as the talent-wise in that position right now, we're just kind of lacking. Um, and obviously, there's still a little bit of continuity issues too. So we're still learning, still getting better. Um, 
and we just we shot really really well but obviously like we talked about that was that was the difference so and you have georgetown you have a whole you have a full team of just older players that have played against the zone that you could tell was very patient they didn't make a lot of dumb passes they didn't really try to force too much um you know, you have, again, Patrick Ewing, who's played against it, coached against it, the, the kids that have played against it. Yurt's events played against it at NC State and now Georgetown. They got Louis Orr on the bench. So, Oh, yeah, uh, well, there's your you asset know, right they there, got, right? So. They, got, they got a bunch of guys that, I mean, it's not the 2-3 zone in, in what Bayheim likes to do, especially a young one that doesn't necessarily – not one of the best 2-3 zone as far as in movements and defensive-wise that we've had. Um. Yeah, didn't look like it really gave them problems. Um, they just had to. Make, they just had to make the shots. <laughs> just to piggyback on that, at one Kev Nash hitting fourteen threes should equal a win. I guess not. Kev Nash, by the way, straight out of Cleveland. All right, look at SU Vidala, whatever. Uh, Georgetown made huge percentage from three. If only Buddy Eli had two amazing halves. Mark got screwed on two fouls. And game-changing situations. Louis Orr is still the coolest. It's going to take time. I see what Coach is talking about. Parts might not be there. Not cohesive yet for 40 minutes. Go SU. So a little bit of positivity there. I don't know if I give uh, uh, Louis Orr all the props now that he's in the uh, you know the Hoya uniform. But I will say, <laughs> if Eli and Buddy do both have decent have, um, you know you're looking at. Um, a totally different game. I don't know why yeah. I'm feedbacking into myself, but I am. Um, so anyway, do you agree, Joe? No, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but do, do they? Think. Do they? Do they? Do they? You know, <laughs> Buddy scored 25 points. You know, he's not going to score much more than that in a game. I don't. See, Again, I don't see. You're not, not going to do. I mean, it's hard to do two 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 halves. It's hard like to do that. two halves in a row, right? But as right. long as you have somebody that can do that in both halves and I think you're fine again right. we talked it's just all the other little things it's the down low scoring and everything and again I think that there's a lot of people including Jim Beham that thought the Guerriere was going to come in and he might have been more far along than this and he would have been able to like, pull off some Brissett freshman year stuff with you know getting double doubles and getting us that guy down low to help with Sidibe and, and with uh, Doljai and um, I don't think that he's that he's given up on that but like I think, I think there's certain things in his head that he thought was gonna where this team was gonna have its best chance to be like the best, and I think part of that was Kerry, part of that was Godine, and now that it hasn't worked out, I, I you see him go to Howard Washington, and I think it's more like okay now Howard's gonna come in, and if this if Garrier can't get it at some point here then he's going to have to mess with some of the lineup and maybe Howard Washington will play a little bit more and he'll be in there with Joe Girard like he was last last night and Joe Girard will play off the ball a little bit more. Um, uh, I mean, he's going to have to tinker with that lineup if Garrier can't come in and be that contributor that I think everyone is looking for. Yeah, off the bench, I mean, you're looking at Jesse Edwards had the most minutes off the bench with 11. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're looking at a potential issue here. Now there's a catch-22 with the Garrier thing, you know? He's out there making these stupid mistakes. This next stretch of three games at home versus these these non conference opponents to finish up that non conference play, I would get him out there as much as possible. Oh yeah, I, I mean well, that's that's got to be it. As you have three games because once it gets to the, he's not going to be wanting to. He's going to want to know the guys that he can trust in the rotations that work going into ACC play, 
And if he's still waiting for people to develop and try to figure it out at this point, I mean, I don't see, I don't see it <clears throat> working if you can't get it ready right in these three games. Three games to be able to go out there, get extra playing time, get your confidence up, and and, and figure it out because ACC plays right around the corner. At the Richard Walsh on Twitter, 31-9 free throw disparity killed us. The top of the zone is slow and unathletic. They penetrated at will with mid-range jump shots. Joe Girard and Buddy can't get their own shot. Slow-footed, just not athletic. Um, I think part of Girard's issue, obviously, is just trying to come into his own. I feel like he's doing better. I feel, I really do. If you remember a few games ago when we stopped, you know, we had a couple easy games at the dome and he killed it and then he really fizzled out and he wasn't doing much. He was facilitating a little bit and doing some things on yeah. on offense, but um he wasn't scoring a lot. So until no. until he gets his footing as far as is his confidence in his shot and things like that. I mean, he did really good yesterday, I felt like. Under pressure too. Yeah. I mean, you know, so again, I thought we we played well. I just think that we can't be – I mean, it's hard to say we can't be taking jump shots like that. And then I think, again, I think it just comes down to, like again, the little things. If we're going to have that disparity with the free throw line and at, with, the, with the rebounds and we're not going to have those second-chance opportunities, I mean, what do we get out rebound at 14-2 to two on the offensive rebounds yesterday? Uh, I just don't – I mean, we don't get second-chance points. It's, it's disheartening to see – whether it's just a quick shot or whether we try to move and get somebody a shot, it's like you know that our offensive possession is most likely just going to be a jump shot that turns into it's either going to be a make or an opponent rebound. Yeah, and that's what sucks about when they go down there and they don't set up and they just take something quick. You know, it's beautiful when it hits, but when when you're just wasting a shot, when you waste, yeah. you, when you when you miss, it looks like you're wasting a shot. And so it's it's either it's either good but or bad. You have bad. to look at it as it's a jump shooting team, and sometimes the best way to get open is to be able to get down the court fast when before the defense can set up and get that shot. So although it might be the beginning of the shot clock, that's that's a good shot for a jump shooting team. And then on top of that, it kind of helps with giving you more possessions because uh, realistically, the way that sometimes, you know, the teams that play defense against us, if you can get an open shot on a fast break coming down and get a quick shot and you're open because they're not set. Uh, sometimes, I mean, you can go the whole next 35 seconds or 30 seconds on the shot clock, and that might have been your best look <laughs> was 30 seconds ago, and you just didn't take it because there was 30 seconds left on the clock. So yeah, as a shooter and a jump shooting team, like you can't think like that. Yeah. Now, um, if it's a bad shot with someone in your face and a shot you could have got at any point in the, in the in the shot clock, then that's a different story. It just but is just frustrating be- not being able to get offensive rebounds. It's just like getting so old. Well, yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yep. At B Musso 222. I saw at one point eight to one offensive rebounds to your point, Joe. Uh, the refs didn't make plays. The refs don't make plays. A call here and there. Okay. But don't get outboarded. 40, well, he says it was 41 to 29. And yeah. 14 to 9 on the offensive board. I don't even know if his numbers are right. Uh, they lost this because they can't rebound and gave up extra chances. Um, look, th- we said it. They were negative 12 on second chance points. Not good. Lost by 10. Okay? Yep. You're not going to get all of those. But like I said earlier, if you if you get half of those and half the free throws, you actually kick Georgetown's ass. Yeah. So, I mean, that's <laughs> so, they were negative 12 in second chance points and negative 19 in free throws. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you I mean, get, it's just not, basically that's that's just yeah. I mean those those are foul calls and just effort with rebounds. At Tony Staffieri, not a hot take. He prefaces this with not a hot take. This program doesn't have one player who could play for any Division One team on their schedule. Oof, man, that is a brutal blow. Uh, a recruiting issue that may not get any better until there is a change in the staff. Joe, Mo, he said not one player. This program doesn't have one post player. Yeah. Oh, one who, post. Yeah, I'm player. sorry. One post player who could play for any Division One. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, well, I mean, look. Uh, it's hard for me to think that Mark wouldn't be able to. Yeah. You know, Mark. By the way, maybe not start. Cre- I would. I would. I'd be on that if it was. Credit where credit is due, start. though. Credit where credit is due, though. We've been waiting. And wanting Mark to do all the things he does plus score. And he he did a pretty good job of that uh, yeah. yesterday. You know, with 13 points, he got a lot of those really quick. And was keeping keeping Syracuse, you know, right there with Georgetown, especially in the beginning of the game when it could have got ugly. And we didn't right. have a we didn't have a slow start yesterday. It was a it was a it was a game of, of back and forth for sure. But, you know, the recruiting issue, look, obviously, obviously it has to get better. Obviously, I, I part of me likes the fact that we develop our teams, and in the idea that we don't have a ton of one and dones like a lot of schools right. have to rebuild their team every year. We kind yeah. of, you know, but you there's no right now there's no overlap, and it's been a long time since we we've seen that where there's just you know you got Hughes who's what a junior. So, yeah. so you you know he's the he's the most experienced player on the team and he's playing fantastic. But there's no other overlap there where you got the upperclassmen bringing up, you know, the younger guys. It's just a bunch right. of younger guys. Yeah. Well, again, that just that comes from us losing those scholarships. Oh, again, yeah, those yeah. those type of things you're not going to initially see it because you already have, you know, your guys set in place, and then you make a, you get a couple transfers and you have just guys that are really good and you know fringe nba type guys then you can kind of get through it the way that we did but don't let it fool you i mean like i said before normally that the past two years when we've had our full scholarships that's how Bayheim recruits he gets four he goes and gets four or five guys three four or five guys multiple players from certain from the same position and basically it's like you okay build, well i'm going to take, take these two guys and, you know, if I get one to hit and the other guy might transfer or he might just be a good bench player. But if I can get one, you know, so you when we had those those scholarship sanctions, we couldn't miss. And obviously we did. So it's one of those things where we didn't have the opportunity. We didn't have those three extra scholarships to get another center and, and hope that maybe one of the two hits and becomes a, a good ACC player. So um, not nah, because we didn't have that. Now we're in the position we are now where we're a very young team. And now it's just not – it doesn't have to do with recruiting. It has to do with experience at this point because, like you said, there's not that overlap. You don't have those seniors. I mean, it's going to be another two years before somebody basically graduates. So that's kind of where you see – and Elijah Hughes was a transfer. Right. For all all intents and purposes. He would have been a senior this year. If If he had come with us as a freshman. Right. But I'm saying for all intents and purposes, the only reason that he – it was actually transferred, and we had that scholarship open was because Malachi Richardson decided to go to the NBA. Right. So we had that extra scholarship, and so 
that's really what it was. So uh, now we're back to getting these full recruiting classes. And like I told you, and I think we talked about, there's going to be some transfers. There's going to be some some guys leaving to open up the door for some other guys to come in. And, you know, you got to try to fit in the best guys. And if you don't fit in, you got to try to hit with the next year's class. And hopefully you get two a year. And like you said, they overlap. You get a transfer here or there. And, th- and that's, that's how you build that, those teams. And we just haven't been able to do it. And now we're finally seeing the uh, – Repercussions. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Joe P on Facebook, top fan by the way. Congratulations, Joe P. That is yeah. a that is a badge you're gonna want to keep, buddy. Okay. No, he he loves it. That's on today. Oh really? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Keep that badge up there. Okay. Top fan diamond. Whatever the hell that thing is. Is it a diamond? <laughs> it's a diamond. <laughs> they lost the game. <laughs> They lost the game with that 14-2 run at the end of the first. I think it was a 12-2 run. Take, but well, I mean, who's counting? Yeah. Take take that away, and it's back and forth game down the stretch. Too many fouls and zero inside presence for us to get to the line. 30-10. to 10. I think it was 31-9, to 9, but who's counting? In free throw <laughs> yeah. attempts or something like that. <laughs> He does. He does preface it with, or he does conclude with something like that. Very close. If you did that in your head, Joe, I'm very impressed. But uh, uh, gotta gotta at least pretend to have someone down low that can score. Also, McClung is a douche. McClung becoming the new Grayson Allen. That's not from me. That's just I've seen it multiple times on social media, and I don't know. If he's as hated as much as Grayson Allen, not in the conference, don't play him. Don't have a chance of playing him twice a year. But douchey, nonetheless. Uh, nah. That that is Joe's that is Joe's best point. Actually, McClung is a douche. Uh, I, like the only- <laughs> I don't have a problem with him. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, whatever. He, he just goes out there and plays hard. He does. Gym he rat, does. man. He does. That's true. He's, I don't he's, see him doing dirty stuff. I don't think he's anywhere close to Grayson Allen. Just to just to. Uh, just to you know, go on record with that, right? Um, but I yeah, do agree down with low, the, like uh, obviously the big men stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, look, look, uh, Lance G, look, Sadibi, not, mm. <laughs> not, uh, not panning out, buddy. I, I just, you know, just becoming Stonehands Junior. You know, I mean, it's just not good. It's just not good. I don't know what to say. He's like scared. Okay, uh, I, I don't. <laughs> What? I'm just, I mean, it's, it's bad. Just, it sucks, man. It's, yeah. You know what? It does because I just don't see. I don't see that part getting you better. Know? Yeah, me either. Uh, Christian, not a top fan on Facebook, but we're going to read his comment anyways. He says, meh, uh, they be okay. Shooting will be there. Down low is a big problem, but can get better. For me, though, Mark had regressed, if you don't mind me saying so, and that's a big problem. I think Chris, Christian, I, I think, uh, did I say Christopher or Christian? His name's Christian. I, I think that um, I think that Mark's got better this game. Problem is with everybody except for Elijah Hughes and Joe Girard at the free throw line, there's no consistency. Everybody, right. everybody else is like hit or miss game to game. And, um, you know, that's a problem. You know, there's just this, this, you know, there's only two things I can rely on. And, and, and one is, is Joe Girard hitting a free throw. And the other is, is Hughes, you know, going out and balling and, and getting this team going early or bringing them back up when they're, when they're down, yeah. you know? So well, again, like I said, the sky, the sky is falling, right? But what Beheim talked about in his press conference was last year, we had five losses in the non-conference and, 
we ended up doing okay. And this year, the teams that we played and lost in our non-conference, well, the first 13 games anyway, um, they're it's a it's a better schedule. They're better teams. So uh, none of these games are going to look that be looked at as bad losses. And that's kind of the, yeah. the the key that you got to look at. Yeah. And we did we did get a road win against uh, Georgia Tech, uh, ACC opponent. Mm-hmm. And like like you've brought up before, um, we do not have the most difficult ACC schedule. I mean, the ACC schedule is difficult on its own, but um, could be worse. You know, there's I know there's a lot of teams that are still trying to figure it out. You know, you still see Virginia still struggling to score. So, um, you know, North Carolina trying to find their way. I just saw Cole Anthony out indefinitely with a knee injury mm. and. Uh, they're having all they can all they can handle from Wofford tonight. So, yeah, um, not good, not good. It's one of those things where, yeah, I just don't see a lot of ACC team. I, I don't see the ACC as as strong as as usual. Um, and our our schedule isn't as difficult as they could be. So, um, again, we can't look at it as the sky's falling. They just got three games to figure it out, man. And yeah. I just think the key is Garrier figuring it out in, I think, in a home game against Notre Dame and a home game against Virginia Tech. So you got five home games in a row. I mean, yeah. And I mean, yeah, again, they're not guaranteed wins, but no, it, no, no, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm just saying it helps to not have to. Right. Try. I mean, you're not coming in with the gauntlet as right, far right, as the first right. couple games. So right. yeah, you're eased in. We're eased in. All right. Well, thank you everybody who participated in fan feedback. Got one more thing for you. And that is the Oakland golden Gophers. Or wait, Golden, Golden, Golden Gophers, Golden, that's Minnesota, man. Yeah, no, Golden Grizzlies, Golden Grizzlies. Uh, Syracuse, obviously, uh, they can take a bit of a breath as they begin a string of five games in the Dome, as I mentioned, three of which are all but gimmies. And uh, nothing's a gimme, but all but, I would say. Uh, the first of those against five and six old uh, five and six Oakland Golden Grizzlies on Wednesday at eight o'clock. Uh, Oakland has not had much success on the road. They're only one of five in those games. Um, they are led by six seven two hundred and sixty pound senior forward Xavier Hill Mays. Now, when I say he leads the team, I mean he leads the team. He leads in every category except for assists. Uh, he's averaging fifteen point four points a game, seven point eight rebounds a game. Uh, the only other player averaging double digits. In scoring, it's 6'7", 220-pound uh, senior forward uh, Daniel Oladapo, and he score, he's, uh, he's averaging an even 11 points a game. So, Joe, yep. uh, you got a one-man show out there. Okay, so you got one job, Orange Men. Uh, you know, stop Xavier Hill Mace. That's the key to the game. That is the key. That is the key. This is a team out of the Horizon League. They can be – I mean, the – that team can put out some some decent teams. So um, this is a team that's going to have some height. They're going to have some athleticism, like you said. They have those those two forwards that are that are six seven, but they also they start a six eleven senior as well. So uh, they got two, and then they have a six four and a six three um, guard uh, starting. So. Again, um, they got size, uh, but they don't go that deep. And like you said, I mean, <laughs> Hill Mays. It's funny you said that because I was looking at it. Hill Mays, he's got 41 more shots than anybody else on the team. So they literally he's, – he's put up 130 shots. The next person's 89. So um, that's definitely the guy. And, again, this is a game that does worry me a little bit and only because of like what we talked about, the size. Um, now, I don't think that that senior center is that – 
uh, you know, offensively good, uh, but they do have those other forwards. They are going to be banging us, you know, as far as banging on the rim and as far as the boards and stuff. And um, it's not going to be an easy game. We're going to have to box out They're They know what the deal is. Uh, they're going to be able to look and see that we have problems getting out rebounded. And that's going to be most likely that's going to be their game. Um, now we can hope that we can get them into turnovers and maybe squeeze it together. Cause looking at, again, looking at the way that their season has gone, um, they do have a, a freshman guard that comes off the bench and shoots a three pointer somewhere around 39, 40%. But, um, that's the guy that basically comes in. Um, and that's their, their bench and, and their starters. And they only have one other guy that's made double digit, um, three pointers on the, on the season. So they got a guy that's made 13 and a guy that's made 19 and the guy that's made 19. He's that Blake Lamplin is his name. So Lampman. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, whatever. This is a team. I don't think this is a team that <laughs> is. Again, I think anybody, if we leave them open, is capable of making a three pointer. But I don't think that this is a team minus this lamp lampman guy um, that we have to worry about as far as beating us from the three point line. So don't get overconfident uh, either. I mean, that's another problem you could have. But well, know. again, I think looking at their size and looking at their three point shooting and everything, I would, I would pretty much probably go ahead and expect them to tried to get the ball down low. So I can see a situation where we're probably going to try to pack it in, uh, force them to actually try to shoot threes um, because that's not their game. Right. Um, So if if we can make it difficult to get it down there, then I can see us trying to force them to, to shoot the three and, and rely on the three. Uh, Hopefully they just don't get off as a rebound. Just just pad the zone. Basically. So that's, that's what I would look for. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously I think, with Lampman, uh, I mean, the other guy that's made 13, 13 uh, threes, he's made 13 out of 45. So his percentage is somewhere around, you know, 28%, 29%. So he's under 30%. Obviously, he can probably, you know, everyone's got their games where they can go off. But this other guy, Lampman, like I said, he's close to 40. So that's the guy that you worry about when he's on the court. Other than that, anyone else probably going to let them shoot and they're probably going to stop them from just trying to get in the zone, get us in foul trouble, get, keep them off the boards, keep them off the line. Like that's the stuff this team could probably try to, they're probably going to try to make it ugly and, and, and try to win that way. And we got to try not to. So if our right. zone can stay active, hopefully just get those steals and not allow them to get the ball down low and, you, and even in those positions. So you got three games um, to figure it out, Syracuse. Let's do it. I mean, not that look, yeah. And well, this team's ranked on Ken Palm 172, pretty much like right smack dab in the middle of like division one college basketball. So, um, yeah, it's got us, I think at like 52, 50, 57, something like we're in the fifties. So, um, I mean, obviously we're a, f- a far superior team. It's just when the size and the will and getting rebounds and second chance points and all that stuff, free throws, just easy, just giving them free points when that, that comes into play and, if they can physically push you around, it doesn't matter what numbers next year, what yeah, numbers oh, next yeah. to your name yeah, or the absolutely. school that's on your, your Jersey for, for that matter. Yeah. Any given team, any given day. So, all right, well, look, that's going to wrap it up for us this evening. I want to thank all of you for listening. And I want to thank obviously my bookie in blue chew, go there, blue chew, um, use the promo code armchair, get free ship and just pay or get free, free, a free something free shipment. 
just pay the five dollars shipping <laughs> in my <Got> book <laughs> yeah i got it i got it. i had to uh go back to my notes and <clears throat> with armchair obviously y'all know that use the promo code chair match you dollar for dollar we thank both of them again we thank all of you thanks to everybody who participated in fan feedback um that is going to do it for us we will see you thursday for joe i'm sean we're out thanks for listening to the q's militia podcast the fan's voice with sean and joe